Welcome to the Productive Inactivity Podcast, where we take your favorite topics and completely destroy their overworked narratives, create new unbiased narratives, and probably hurt your feelings in the process. But in the words of my old black babysitter Matilda, you gonna be all right. Again, welcome to the Productive Inactivity Podcast. Now, here's your host, Wayne Steven. That's how I'm feeling today. Yup. Feel like a legend today. I just wanted to let the instrumental rock a little bit. First of all, welcome. My name is Wayne Steven. I want to welcome you to the Productive and Activity Podcast. I almost don't know how to start today because the topic is so it's not touchy. Let me start off. Let me. I'll start off like this. I have never been accepted, ever. I was always too white for the blacks, too black for the whites, too raw for the Puerto Ricans. I never really quite found my footing in life, so I always had this me against the world posture. I never remember a time where I didn't feel like it was me against the world, and not in a not in a Tupacalypse Now kind of way. It was, it was always in a, I'm always gonna say what I want because no matter what I say, people are gonna take it how they wanna take it anyway. And like one of my biggest pet peeves is being misunderstood when I'm not trying to be misunderstood. Like I do my best job to always speak in a manner that gives people a full understanding of what I'm saying and that I understand fully what I'm saying. And biggest pet peeves when people are like, I I didn't know where you were coming from. And I'm like, how? How did you not know where I was coming from? I made my point and position very clear. And right now, I needed a sip of water. We live in a very offensive, no offense kind of climate. And it's starting to annoy me because people are oversensitive about the wrong things at the wrong time for the wrong period of time. I wanna start light. I wanna start really light. Um, The Jesse Smollett thing happened and there was this celebrity outcry of, you know, Jesse so brave for what he had to go through and racism is very much alive and prevalent in our society and we should not stand. And not only did this happen to him because he was black, but he's black and gay. So he had the black celebrities all behind him. He had the LGBTQ community behind him. And then we found out the nigga was lying. Nigga was lying. And then nothing. We didn't hear anybody willing to hold him accountable for his lies. We didn't hear peep from anyone except when it became like a legal court case, when it became the, you know, Jesse might get 16 charges or some stuff. Nobody said nothing. There was no, there was no celebrity outcry for him. And we live in a time where everybody's just so ready to be outraged over things. And believe me, there are some things to be outraged over. 
You know, right now we we have an uncertainty uh, in our in our White House where we don't really know. People can say Donald Trump is racist, but until he says nigga spick, goop, kike, and all those other un you know racial terms, I'm not gonna label a man a racist just because he's not running around high-fiving black people in basketball games. I'm not gonna do it. But at the same time, I'm not necessarily a supporter. So I kind of sit back and I observe and I draw my own conclusions. So we get so up in arms and we support things and we apologize in moments where it's like, did I really need to apologize about that? Like, um, so I remember a short while ago, you know, Kevin Hart had said some things about how, you know, if if his son was gay, he wouldn't approve of it. And a couple of other celebrities have said the same thing. And all of a sudden, the LGBT community jumped all over these people. Now, let me interject here. I have gay people in my family. I love them. And it's not one of those things where it's like, I have gay people in my family, but I never talk to them. No, I have gay people in my family. I love them. They, I love them with everything that I have because they help make me who I am. So when I say I love them, they pretty much raised me. And it's more than one. It's not like I have one and we don't talk about them much. No, it was around. We saw it. We understood. So when I say the LGTBQ community, I probably messed those letters up and I'm not doing it facetiously. I just literally... Sometimes I mix the letters up. When I say it, I'm talking about that part of the community that likes to weaponize words that aren't necessarily hurtful, but they try to make them hurtful when they're said by certain people so that they can push a point. I'm not talking about people that live their everyday gay lives not looking to be offended because I do know some gay people who live their everyday gay lives not looking to be offended. And they're like, you know, I'm gay. Uh, that guy's acting like a faggot. I've heard gay dudes say that guy's acting like a faggot. And nobody looks to that dude and go, hey man, I want you to realize how offensive that word is. You need to offer up an apology and write a newsletter. And you need to make a public television. No. So the fact that we, we've weaponized words and emotions attached to words nowadays in this no offense, but I mean every offense society kind of makes me chuckle because there are people, places, and things we offend every day and we never apologize. The movie industry has built its entire foundation off of exploiting stereotypes of races and locations. Perfect example, last night, my family and I we were watching Creed 2 and my daughter, who's every bit of 11 years old, and she's the only experience with ethnicities she's had are the white people we live around because we live in a small town and New York City or San Diego. Like we've been around different places, but we haven't, I could say the most in-depth we've been with ethnicities as far as my daughter is concerned is New York City because she's been around my family and we've spent weeks there at a time and she's very, you know, adept to what's going on. But outside of that, she has no experience with other ethnicities. So we're watching Creed 2 and it gets to the part about the Russians and she's putting up all these stereotypes about Russians. And I had to pause it for a second. And I'm, I'm like, you know, Mackenzie, um, 
what makes you say this and that? And I knew what it was. So she's like, well, you know, we watch the documentaries about Russian prisons and in the movies, Russians are always portrayed as cold and hard and unfeeling and unloving. And, and all those things are true cinematically. And then I started to think about what other stereotypes are perpetuated by movies. The Chinese are always perpetuated in the same way. Uh, very unfeeling, you know, unloving, very cold, always scheming and conniving to take over some stuff. Um, Italians are always involved in organized crime of some sort. And the way blacks are portrayed, I mean, we've been fighting that battle for, you know, heck, since movies, since the, the Birth of a Nation movie came out that painted us as grueling monkeys that wanted to rape white women because it's all we think about is, you know, it's, it's nuts. You know, what we've allowed ourselves to believe and we don't even understand that we're feeding our own, no offense, offense, societal thinking because of the way we view things. Now, mind you, I'm not blaming the movie industry for people's ignorance. What I am blaming is the fact that Hollywood is the biggest perpetuator of those stereotypes, but they're also the biggest catalyst whenever apologies have to be met out. And it's like, you can't play the game with both hands. It's like, I'm gonna feed you these stereotypes, but as soon as they come out, I'm gonna apologize about them. Like, blacks have been offended in movies. I mean, to be honest with you, as far as the gay community goes, because I'm tired of saying the letters, it takes way too long. As far as the gay community goes, they've been harshly stereotyped in movies. I know homosexual dudes who've never snapped their fingers or said, hey, or I, I don't, I've known, you know, like really caught me by surprise gay dudes. Like, oh man, homie, I didn't even know you was gay. And I had to catch myself like, what would give him any reason to make me believe he was gay outside of the fact that it's his own lifestyle if he chooses to discuss it or not discuss it. But because of the way movies paint gay men, you almost always expect every time you see a gay dude for them to be mad flamboyant. And I know gay dudes who aren't like that at all. But again, we live in this offense, no offense society where people feed us the offenses, then get mad when we use the offenses that we've seen as if they're their law. You know, right now, you almost can't have a conversation with a white person if you're a person of color without them at some point having to prove to you that what they're about to say isn't racially driven, even if the topic itself isn't even racial. And that's a horrible place to put people. Like you can't even have a conversation with another black person about interracial relationships without the, the whole you have an identity problem thing coming up. Like we just don't have the best perception of one another based on the fact that we spend most of our time trying not to say things or trying not to do things to always prove that we're not as offensive as we think we're about to be. And we usually come off that way. So I really don't understand how we run around and pretend that we don't understand where the problem is coming from. We have people that create issues that don't exist. Is racism very much alive and prevalent? Yes, indeed it is. Has it gotten worse? Yes, indeed it is. Because people for some reason now have permission. People wanna blame Donald Trump. I had a guy blame Obama for racism, which is nuts. Um, but the fact of the matter is, everybody's looking for somebody to blame for the 
resurgence of outward bigotry. The fact of the matter is, there was never a downplay. It's just that the media is now aware that we spend every waking moment waiting for somebody to be racist, waiting for somebody to offend the gay community, waiting for somebody to not care about an issue that, you know, maybe a handful of people care about. And the fact of the matter is that handful of people that care about that, they know how to deal with it. Like, for instance, I had a friend this morning talk about how, you know, we love when something in the news happens where we can turn it into a race baiting situation like the attacks in New Zealand. He put up an article about like 300 Christians that got killed in Nigeria and we didn't hear anything about it. And I, it might have been more than 300. I might have been I might just be throwing a number out just for throwing out a number's sake. But but the fact of the matter is there are atrocities that we never hear about and we won't hear about them because they don't benefit the narrative of keeping people outraged and engaged in media and you know the clicks and the likes and the the shares and the back and forth banter and narrative that we now all hate each other i'm in an interracial marriage um we have been married for 14 years and we have seen race relations get worse and a lot of it has to do with the political climate because everybody feels like somebody's trying to take something away from somebody else you know white people feel like they're losing the war on jobs because all the mexicans are coming up illegally and grabbing up all these great and listen i've never seen an illegal alien mexican doctor just saying now, are drugs a big problem in this country? Yes, they have been. Newsflash, people. The government is pumping urban areas and other areas with drugs. It's a cyclical business. The Mexicans are just the bad guy today. In the 90s, it was blacks. In the 80s, it was Cubans. In the 70s, it was coming from Vietnam. And I don't understand what part people don't grasp that they need to give you a bad guy so that you can wake up in the morning, they can talk about that bad guy, they can say, we're gonna capture that bad guy, and you can rest your nice little head on your pillow at night knowing the government's hard at work trying to nab that bad guy. El Chapo's been apprehended and they just took $77 million worth of cocaine off the streets and all this other stuff. So what? So what? That is not gonna affect your day-to-day -day living. Stop trying to find a bad guy to make you sleep better at night knowing the government is trying to capture them. Like, you're being force-fed offenses. And then you can fuel your own race hatred, like, oh, we gotta capture the Mexicans. Listen, 20 years ago, it was getting blacks off the streets with our gold chains and shooting up with our Uzis and all this other stuff. So it's like, you gotta pick a bad guy. And as far as black people are concerned, I think we need to get out of our own way and stop looking to be offended. Not every white person is the devil and trying to throw you back into slavery. Not every white person wants to culturally appropriate wear cornrows, rap, dance, and all this other stuff just so you know they can benefit off of us. Not every white person is looking to call you nigga. They're not. So the moment you stop individualizing everything, because every, and the sad part about that is I hear black people complain all the time that 
oh, I'm tired of, you know, every time I do this, some white person does that and they think this. You're doing the same thing. You're looking to be offended in a situation where you're probably offending first. If you are offended first, then you handle the situation accordingly. When did we stop becoming adults who thought? When did we stop becoming adults who said, you know what? I don't think this is an every case situation. Let me look at this individually and look at the person I'm dealing with. No, let's just lump everybody into one big group. Hate everybody. So I never get anywhere. Like, it, I'm just really grossed out by the fact that we've ceased to be people who thought first. We are reactionary. We've become a reactionary society. We are far from proactive. We're far from progressive. I mean, with all the strides we make scientifically in medicine, we can't manage to wrap our minds around the fact that we are we're in the circus. People are selling us tickets to the circus. Every time you log on to Facebook, you've now punched your ticket to the circus. Every time you log on Twitter, you've punched your ticket to the circus. Every time you go on Instagram, you've punched your ticket to the circus. And you sit there willingly taking in this information and then you leave the circus going, I can't believe that circus. You punched your ticket. You walked right in. You knew what was happening. You willingly participated in the offense circus. What did you miss? Where's the blame? Where's the accountability? That's another thing I want to talk about. In this offense, no offense society we're in, we take no accountability for the fact that we no longer want to look within ourselves for what we've done to contribute to the deterioration. We also don't wanna find the solution either, which doesn't make much sense to me because the biggest part of a problem is finding the solution. But why find the solution when you could just keep picking the scab of the problem? That's where the money is, that's where the clicks are. People are profiting off pain and you're participating. Welcome. Pink Floyd said it best. So you thought you'd like to go to the show on their album, The Wall. It's the opening track. You, you thought you wanted to go to the show. You sat still. You took it all in. You walked out. And you left with what? Nothing. Trauma that other people made money off of. You're welcome. Let me, let me defer to my notes real quick. Because I know there's another point I wanted to touch on. Ah. Oh, I also want to point something out. Let's let's talk about pretending to like things. Um, Captain Marvel just came out and I knew from the trailer that I wasn't going to enjoy this movie, but I can't say that. Do you know why? Because if I say I didn't enjoy Captain Marvel, that makes me a sexist because it's it's the first female Marvel character and you've gotta love this because we've come such a long way from not having female lead characters and blah blah blah. I don't have to like anything. If the story's garbage and the writing is trash and I don't see any character connection because I'm a writer. I write. I've written a movie script. I, I've written a book. There are things that I put together in my mind and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I don't see how this is going to play into this or that. But we kind of have to like things that are geared towards specific groups. Like I read an article that said 
It's time for a gay superhero. For what? For what? And it's not that, it's not that a superhero can't be gay. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, if you're just going to make a superhero gay, just so a, a, a class or section of people can have something to represent them, isn't that exploitation? They shouldn't feel included. That's not inclusion. That's like, hey, we know you guys are waiting your turn. We're going to give you a nice little gay superhero. We can make it one you already know. Newsflash, you ever see Superman, you know, really be around Lois Lane like that? He might be gay. Let's make him gay for you. That's exploitation. Like, yes, they threw us a bone with Black Panther. But you know what they also threw us? A story that had no substance. The whole thing was like an analogy. The writing was horrible. You're really going to kill off the main character in the middle of the movie? That's not a cliffhanger. Nobody thought T'Challa was dead. Like, how is the how is the antagonist going to be more substance-filled than the protagonist? It's called the Black Panther. It might as well have been called Killmonger. I I'd have liked it better if you'd have told me that. Black Panther wasn't great, but because Nobody wanted to sound racist. Nobody came out right out and said, yo, Black Panther was kind of subpar. It was great visually. Eh, CGI was kind of suspect. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, we have to stop pretending to like things as to not offend. Like, it just, you know, okay. I'm a sports performance trainer. I understand body positivity. But this is what I mean when I say body positivity. When I say body positivity, when I see women who feel as though they are overweight and they are actively trying to redirect their body composition for themselves, not to feed into the mainstream world's beauty standard, that's body positivity. Body positivity is not having a obese fetish where I saw, I saw this, I saw a, a clip of this. There was a young lady who was having her boyfriend feed her like 10,000 calories a day and she was fetishizing morbid obesity, something people die from, hashtag body positivity. Sis, that ain't it. That ain't it. That is not body, po that is not body positivity. That is exploitation. And I wish people would stop labeling things with some sort of moral message as to dress it up like something that's going to be, you know, we're going to push this forward and everybody's going to join us. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're going to watch you for the one minute and 37 seconds that your clip lasted. And they're going to be like, ew, that was gross. But under it, they're going to be like, body positivity. Yay. When did we become perpetual liars? It's, there are things that are just not okay. And we've made them okay just so nobody gets mad. But the kicker in that is we'll hop under some sort of post and be as rude as possible electronically. Digital thuggery. I'm gonna, I'll show you and I'm gonna post this under this and you're gonna feel my wrath of my because that's how I type. My typing is trash. But I'm just, I'm so sick of these people with the no offense, but I'm mad offensive, but I don't want you to get mad that I'm offensive because I'm not trying to be offensive, no offense. Dude, just say what you mean. Hey, Black Panther was trash. Hey, I'm not gay, 
It doesn't mean that I'm mad at you for being gay. I'm not saying anything negative about your gay. It's just not gay. Gay is just not for me. Why can't people just say that? That's all I'm saying. Wayne Steven, Productive Inactivity Podcast. You can find me on Instagram, Productive, Productive Inactivity Podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Productive Inactivity Podcast. Facebook, Productive Inactivity Podcast. Get used to me running my mouth and saying things that you really want to say, because I'm going to say them. I'm going to be the voice. I'm not calming down for nobody. Wayne Steven, Productive Inactivity Podcast. Yes, sir. <laughs>